They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that cannot wait to make up some batshit crazy stuff to tell our loved ones when we're on our deathbed. This is Hysteria 51. Great idea. Let's book it. How about this evening? I could do, say, five or so. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have gone with uh, can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's funny how responsive he is when it's something that he actually wants. <laughs> Which is also sort of scary. Yeah. Uh, we are broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. I'm your host, John Goforth, and alongside is my co-host and the man voted in high school most likely to give an alien last rights, Mr. Brent Hand. Uh, to be clear, that was most likely to give last rights to an alien west of the Mississippi. There is a solid distinction there. Nick Amdor, guy we went to high school with, was actually voted most likely for the east side. But more importantly, John, we have a case involving an alien crash. And just like you stated last rites tonight in good old land of our Lord, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. I'm from a small town, too. And one thing worth talking about is how little there is to do in these towns. It's not a Cape town. It just happens to have the name Cape in it. Yeah. Yeah. And and boy, you're right, man. Um I, I, I th- that's actually a really good point because when you you know so many of uh, sightings happen in these small towns and and you get the feeling that on some of them I'm not saying all of them but on some of them it just might have been people were bored. Well, yeah, or the aliens go there because no one's going to miss them. I mean, it's six one half dozen <laughs> another in my book. It is, it is it is true. You and you know you can see a UFO better when there's no uh, city light to uh, uh, to block. Oh my it gosh, out. light pollution is not a thing. It is weird. Living up here now in, in Chicagoland, not being able to see like the Christmas star, you know, the, the tandem planets. It's, yeah. I'm sure it's there, but all I see is smog and the O'Hare Midway overlap jetway Seriously, of blinking like, uh, lights. My, my wife was actually asking me about it. She's like, you know, this seems like your jam. Uh, do you want to like go outside and look? I'm like, you said, get your ass back in the kitchen, you know, and then you said, that's how you talk to her, boy. Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong small town, and that's, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and then I flicked my cigarette butts at him. <laughs> I don't even smoke, but I've got cigarette butts. I didn't even know I told you you could come out of the basement. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me put on my good wife, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's got um, holes but, in all the But we, we are from small towns, Brent, yeah, and, but yeah. there, is, there is fun stuff to do uh, when you're bored. Let me, uh, let, when we're real younger. quick, before we get into that, I want to preface this. I grew up in the country outside of a town of 700 people. That's the kind of... I, I, I didn't grow up in the big city of 700. I was off on my own lonesome. Now, we, in the area that we grew up in, I was actually on the west side of like the suburbs of the smaller town in Central Illinois, which is Springfield. Um, but we went to the same high school, so it was kind of this mix of, of the smaller town and then the... But even Springfield is a small town. There's only 110,000 people there. Like, like It's all a small town. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's all relative to, you know, how you want to look at it, but it's true. Small town sensibilities. And and, and we hung out uh, so often 
in cornfields. Man. I mean, like, well, uh, we went drinking in cornfields, I should say. Guess what doesn't come out of cornfields? Lights, sound, and kids when they're drunk. Uh, <laughs> so you can just hide right from the cops back in, you know, an opening in a cornfield. And all the streets were like, uh, you know, uh, those county roads that didn't have names, yeah. you know, 22 East. Well, we had, and, like, and, uh, uh, we named them. This one's called real straight and that's the curve and over there's that's the <laughs> over there's where daryl died you know we're, we're, we used to go drinking at one north i remember yeah. that um but so uh, other than drinking i mean there's bonfires uh, obviously a lot of folks grew up hunting i, I grew up shooting i wasn't a big hunter um, bonfires are more just like an accidental fire corn's on fire <laughs> shit all right. Start well, stomping. yeah, you know, that's it's funny you say that bonfires were were often like, well, let's we have to burn all the refuse from the yard. And and oh, yeah, let's just call it a bonfire. Or a wiener roast, <laughs> which we always had as, as people. Call yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Certainly went fishing, hiking, stuff like that. But uh, one thing uh, and, and this brings us to Cape Girardeau that uh, you find in a lot of smaller towns or those areas, at, at least here in the Midwest, uh, you, we both went to SIU Carbondale. And in that area, there are wineries, the wine trail. There's also um, uh, some wineries uh, around Cape Girardeau. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both have, have been to Cape Girardeau, spent time there, so we're familiar with this little town. And there, I got to tell you, there is nothing better than getting a getting a driver, getting an Uber, or just getting like a bus for the day, and just going around these small, middle of nowhere wineries and drinking their over sugarfied wine. This is made getting- with potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll try it. Let me get two bottles. <laughs> And the, and the wine is, you know, it, it's not always the best, but it's so, they take Some it so it seriously is. and they have, they've got the little spitting cups and the crackers you can eat in between and all of well, that good stuff. Years ago, Southern Illinois, like pre-Napa Valley when they won their first big things, Southern Illinois wine wasn't looked down upon, like not that it's looked down upon, but it was considered, you know, decent wine. Then we're talking, you know, a long time ago and the, the whole genre of wine kind of made a big switch well and 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 let me let me make a distinction here i'm not i'm not shitting on those wineries what i'm um they have really good wines and they use different varietals so uh you know if you go to the store you typically see like cabernet sauvignon and you know syrah and all that stuff um there are different grapes that have to grow in kind of the rugged midwest Mm -hmm. so one is called norton um another one called chamberson (laughs) norton my friend (laughs) <laughs> um, and so, uh, but what winds up being popular, uh, just suiting the taste of the crowd uh, at all of these wineries are their kind of sweet table wines, the ones that kind of taste like grape jelly. Or the apple, because there's a couple apple wineries down there. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. Von Jacob so or Von Jacob, have, whatever you want to call it. I, I think I've heard the people that work there call it both. So, yeah. Uh, it's true. Alto Pass was one. Yeah. But anyway, they, they uh, so they, they wind up... Uh, uh, they sell their 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 money makers the stuff that tastes like grape jelly, but they, they wind up having other really good wines. It's just not their uh, not their most popular. Lots of ports down there too, surprisingly enough. Probably just yeah. people get real drunk on it real fast. Well, I want to go have drinks right now, um, but I suppose we should bang out an episode first. Yeah, yeah, we we probably should. Before we get to the whole Cape Girardeau, Missouri, I thought this was kind of interesting. There's been something in the news lately, and it's a gentleman that appropriately enough or not we actually did an entire episode interview with and it got corrupted uh we never released it mr nick pope has been in the news again yeah i forgot about that interview was that an alien con? it was and we sat down with him for quite a while you know we got like an hour-long yeah. conversation and yeah. we were using that uh, zoom recorder 
and it just all garbled for some reason. It was the only one. All the other ones were perfect. Well, you know, there was a lot of disclosure in that uh, in that interview. Yeah. I wonder what yeah. really happened. Yeah, well, so Nick Pope has been in the... Let me just tell you guys something. You can't hide from the internet. She's a fickle, fickle beast. I tell you that. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Nick Pope, Nick Pope is the British gentleman who says that he worked for the Ministry of Defense and he was kind of their liaison, their head guy when it came to aliens. Well... He's been writing that since the 90s when he worked there. It's came out recently, or at least people have been talking about it in the threads and pages and everything, that he's really kind of fluffed his uh, resume, so to speak. Here's a quote from Linda Unwin, or Ewan, Yunwin. This is the ultimate version, uh, and you'll do a much better job of describing it than, than I, but it's like the ultimate version of turning chicken shit into chicken salad. There you go. Hey, there you go. So Linda, U-N-W-I-N, uh, she's, she was actually a uh, successor to Nick uh, in his role. Here, I got a quote from her. The first point to make is that there is no UFO project. Handling of UFO sightings is a very small element of our work. And on the question of whether the MOD, Ministry of Defense, is interested in UFOs, Linda claims, I'll let you into a little secret. Generally, we're not. The policy is quite simple. We only look at these reports to establish whether there might be anything of defense significance such as an unauthorized or hostile aircraft in UK airspace. That is very different than the picture that Nick has kind of put forward is what he did. And she said the UFO desk was the focal point of UFO reports from the public. The reports were assessed whether there was an issue for literally just their defense significance. Then the report was filed into the road for Nick as far as his involvement went, period. In in another article, it, it basically said... Um a couple things. First, he he uh, exaggerates a bit when it comes to his um, his rank. Yeah, he's he now he was a civilian, but he was telling people he was like a light colonel or a or you know a, a, a different <laughs> different roles and shit like that. And, and yeah, so it, and he it, and basically it came out that his rank was the lowest you could have in management, and he he kind of uh, he churched it up a bit. And then when it comes to his publicly talking about what the role was, you know, as you said, Brent, he kind of couches it as I I led the charge for UFO for UFOs in the Ministry of Defense. When in reality, it was just his job to basically put out the same press release to every story. I'll pass it along. That's exactly what yeah. he sounds like too. I know you think that was a, a clip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, I, you shocked me. I, I mean, if, if well, fuck, the guy's been called the UK's Fox Mulder, and he kind of just went with it and owned it. And uh, yeah, you just—I don't know, man. It might have been one of those things where he kind of just went with it, and then it's been so long snowballing. He's just like shit, you know. And he's not been one that's really done a whole bunch of research. He's more of been a figurehead when it comes to television shows, talking about what's going on. Yeah, and they even did a deeper dive into some of the claims he's made, and and a lot of claims have uh, have come up empty. Or things that he was claiming were UFOs who had already been soundly, soundly proven. That's what I mean, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the Russian rocket uh, that was re-entering. Uh, that's uh, called the Red Rocket, uh, if you're well, if you're into it. Just Google <laughs> it Red up. Rocket. Just, just Google yeah, that. And yeah, and it'll come yeah. up. So another fallen hero, Brent. Yeah, you know, and he's been, mum's the word on this. He kind of got very defensive when this first started coming out recently, and then he's been quiet. So we'll see how it goes. Just, uh, it's been, I was telling John about this because it's been everywhere. It just blew up and everyone was talking about it. If you're in 
the weird groups that I'm in. Otherwise, you guys don't know any of this shit. No one. <laughs> it's not on your radar. <laughs> but on mine, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> it wasn't on CNN. It when was, I was watching not. The other unfortunately, day. they're pretending that the the election and shit is more important. But we all know different. <laughs> the election, the pandemic. Nope. Let's talk aliens. I will tell you guys if you want to read in a little bit more of the claims against him and claims that he's made and stuff. I'll throw some PDFs in the show description. You can go to our website or anywhere you can get the the links to that. But anyway, let's forget Nick Pope nonsense. Let's go trucking down to Missouri, John. Cape Girardeau. I'm uh yeah. I'm excited about this one. Less so because of the story, and more so because I've actually been to the town in question. Well, we we spent a lot of time down there, and you actually lived in Missouri for a while, right? So uh, I've been there for a few reasons. I used to go there when we were in college because uh, <laughs> um, if you know anything about beer distribution, not all beers are distributed equally across the country. You're not going to admit to bootlegging, are you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Um, so in college, uh, we you know we went to we went to SIU Carbondale in Carbondale, Illinois. We would um, and uh, there were certain beers that weren't necessarily distributed in Carbondale. Meaning distribution is different for different beers. They're not all you created can't equal. Pass the and Mississippi motherfucker. <laughs> that's, that's right. The way it goes. And and the one that we all really liked that is it's like wallpaper now. You can find it anywhere. But uh, the one that we all really liked was Fat Tire. So we would take the forty five minute hike uh, from Carbondale to Cape Girardeau across the the Mississippi. And uh, and pick up kegs of fat tire for for parties we threw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's smart. <laughs> so we truly were bootlegging um, to one extent or another. I drive my Trans Am and you'd hop in the semi and we'd get going. <laughs> Texarkana was our destination. Nine hundred miles there, nine hundred miles back, and uh, we had twenty eight hours. man, you got your ears on. <laughs> Uh, and then later, uh, once I was an adult, I actually had a girlfriend that lived in Cape Girardeau, like lived there, worked there. Uh, and I lived in St. Louis at the time. And so we uh, we did kind of the long distance thing and I would spend weekends in Cape Girardeau. Mm, summers in Cape Girardeau. Longest summer I spent was a weekend in Cape Girardeau. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a bed and breakfast lifetime movie <laughs> written all over it right there. Summers at the summer Cape. In Cape. <laughs> It is on a. It is on the river. Yeah. It's, it's not. Uh, it's just not the picturesque. It's uh, the mighty Mississippi, uh, uh, not a babbling brook that you want to. <laughs> that's that, exactly. But there are nice wineries yeah. around there. So a lot of research this week is going to come from a book by this this cat named George Dudding. The book aptly titled "The Cape Girardeau 1941 UFO Incident." So not a lot of of spoiler alert there wait you're telling me it's it's not just a clever name <laughs> exactly uh uh-huh, exactly so i wanted to start with a blurb for his book because um i thought this was really good it's the, the first little part of it it's a great teaser a southern baptist minister is drawn into a bizarre strange and intriguing mystery when he agrees to lend a hand at an airplane crash outside the city of cape Girardeau, missouri now the fact that they didn't call it a sleepy little hamlet I'm going to give him a, a strike there. I'm just going to say that right now. But so far, otherwise, so good. During the spring of 1941, just before the United States enters World War II, there is something strange about the whole incident, and the Reverend finds himself taking part in a possible military and government cover-up. The events that night will haunt him and his family for years to come. Oh, shit, John. We got pre-Roswell, pre-WW2 UFO shenanigans. Or just an urban legend. That's a solid possibility with all of these <laughs> things. I can't really fault him there. 
I love older stories that local areas hang on to and keep retelling and and things like this. Now, this one, in, we'll find out, hasn't been one that's been forever because it more came into the the cultural zeitgeist later on. But uh, it is a fun. Yeah, the story one. disappeared for fifty years and then resurfaced. Yeah, yeah. So the short and the sweet, John, give us a little rundown about this. Uh, the 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 Gophopedia bullet points, if you will. Of course. So it starts with our hero, the minister William Huffman. That's reverend. That's hand of God, if you will, John. Okay. You okay. pick your or, poison. Or hand of God. Yeah. They, they called him the um. Huff. <laughs> and he got a call way back, and this is the spring of 1941. Now, depending on the research source that you go to, it ju- they just say spring, and they don't know the exact date. Other sources say specifically April 12th. Yeah, that, that comes from, there is some paperwork we'll find out from the fire department that gives it more of a date, or at least they could make it stick to that date because it made sense. So they go, yeah, that's there's what a, it There's was. a report that could kind of tie into yeah. it. Right, right, exactly. Remember. This was before the black and white to color switch. That's, yeah, yep, that checks mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, when he gets the call, on the other end of the line are the local police, and they've asked him to travel with them to the site of an airplane crash just outside the now, city. Now, I want you to remember that this officer who was calling him was out of breath because they had to, like, ring that crank on that phone just to call him. What is what is the old man Huffman? Is it two rings and a half ring? Zing, 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 zing. Shit, I got, Operator? They got that weird thing up to their give ear. Me, operator. operator, give me Watertown 649. <laughs> uh, fuck, I just let them die. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it went. So um, uh, so they need his help with the victims of the crash. Yeah, they need you know, to minister. Uh, they need the minister to minister to the victims, as you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, if folks are folks are hurt or ostensibly they, they're on their deathbed and, and to, you know, as we talked about before, administer last rites. Um and so he was expecting, you know, some sort of small plane, maybe a prop plane, who knows? Uh, but no, no, it was a disc-shaped craft that he happened upon. Yeah, now remember, John, I want, I want to point something out. As we've learned with previous episodes, it doesn't matter what dimension, timeline, planet, or wherever the hell you hail from, your ass was getting a proper Christian burial if you happened to die in the rural U.S. back in the day. That is just oh the yeah, way was that that was Aurora, went. Texas, in the uh, late eighteen hundreds, right? I mean, it was this- not a Saturday went by that some fucking backwoods preacher wasn't get called in to give rights to some three eyed yeah, poor aliens. Let's yeah. give. <laughs> That's right. Jesus is your savior, and uh, <laughs> hit him in the head. I'm glad yeah. you saw it our way. <laughs> it's just the, just the way it goes. Now, Reverend Huffman arrived on the scene, and he's greeted by police officers, fire. Fighters, FBI agents, emergency medical crew, and numerous other military personnel. Real fucking hush hush operation they got going on right now. <laughs> I mean, like a clown car opens <laughs> and just more and more people come out. Um, there was an army base nearby in Sykeston, Missouri, uh, so he figured they were from there. Sykeston, home of Lambert's, who has the throw uh, yes, rolls. Throwed rolls. Mm. If you've ever wanted to know what a man chucking rolls at you in a Huckleberry Finn outfit while the guy behind him has a paintbrush full of molasses is like, go to Sykeston, Missouri, home of the thrilled rolls at Lambert's. Or or, or read Brent's oddly specific porn collection. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you read it because anyway. it's, it's all in Braille, oddly enough. I feel it's like, also odd. It yeah. feels like something's going to happen. All of these folks. <laughs> All of these folks that might or might not have been from Sykeston, Missouri, home of the throat rolls, they were staring at something, Brent, and it and and Huffman described it as a disc-shaped object, the interior of which contained a small metal chair, gauges, dials, and this is the most interesting part to me, 
hieroglyphic-like inscriptions and writings all around the inside. Now, that is the the tie that binds with a lot of these older things, even Roswell and things like that, are the the inscriptions that people say are hieroglyphic-like. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. We, we saw that in um, uh, Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. Well, that was German. They just didn't know how to read German. <laughs> they just did yeah. Well, because obviously de Glocka uh, was the... Uh, it's, uh, that's was spelled that, with a tortoise, a pyramid, and a sun god is how you spell that. <laughs> de Glocka. I was not paying attention that day in, uh, in hieroglyphics. Yeah, yeah. So regardless of what these symbols were, he saw them, and he also saw three entities yeah. or, uh, quote, non-human people. <laughs> yeah. I saw some non-human peoples, three of them lying on the ground. And uh, two of them were outside the craft. The third was somewhat further away. Uh, and spoiler alert, Brent, they were grays. When he talked about it, he kind of gave them like the normal gray. They had hairless bodies, large head, big eyes, small mouths, small ear openings, uh, four feet tall. He did say, and this is an interesting one, they seem to have no hard bone structure. And by that, I mean, they had like very long arms and fingers and they were almost pliable. Or the military was just throwing some dolls out there. Yeah, we'll fuck with them. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. No, no, no. I'm just joking. <laughs> this will really throw them off the case. Typical gray alien <laughs> shit is what we're getting at. And on top of that, they were all dead. Just, they they were no more. They were deceased. Like a good fucking parrot, they were gone. <laughs> it's Monty <laughs> Python for you there. In my defense, I had already warned them. Fuck around and find out. They fucked around. They found out. Um, <laughs> what's the what's the audio version of just ellipses? <laughs> silence. Anyway, uh, as any good backwoods preacher uh, does, when you happen upon the government trying to get you to to work with some aliens, you get to praying, and that's just yeah, what they I mean, did. you know. I don't know. I I mean, I thought last rites were like while they're still breathing. If they're dead, I mean, they're. Do dead. we even know if they breathe, John? Oh, touche, touche. Should we? Should they even have been burying them? I don't know if they did. Or Maybe not, they considered they it didn't. planting. I mean, I don't know. We don't know what they do. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. Oh, we're going to grow a pretty little alien bush over here. <laughs> Speaking of my porn collection. Keep going, though. Apologize. To clarify, they said two were definitely dead and the third was well on the way out. That's the one the preacher was administering last rites to. Okay. So anyway. Uh, after after prayer, uh, he was taken by military officials to a nearby location where he was sworn to secrecy, and he says, "quote strongly warned to never discuss the crash with anyone." Yeah, uh, he 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 said he was told that this didn't happen. You didn't see this. This is national security and is never to be talked about again. Ooh. But guess what, Brent? Uh oh, spoiler. Yep. Do we have a spoiler. We do. He talked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, John. You see this shit. You give last rites to aliens. You go home. You tell your wife, Floyd, real name, because hell yes, they knew how to name people back then. And, and you tell your boys, you tell your children, Floyd, stop cooking. Get in here. I got a story. Got to tell you something. Turn off the AM radio. I know howdy doody's on, but this is going to blow up your pantaloons. They didn't wear pantaloons. They had, they had skirts on. It was Crank down the AM radio. I know it's yeah. as large as the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just a giant icebox. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> to the Peabody, the Iceman's outside. He needs the children to help him bring in today's load of ice so that we don't get botulism with breakfast. Well, tomorrow. let's be clear. We don't get more botulism. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I tell you what, we're going to have the acceptable amount. Yeah. Yeah. Just rip that part of the bread off. Come on. You get used to it. Really? Meat hasn't turned really until it's green. Slime is okay. You can wash it. Where off. do you think they got that fucking dry aging from? Just cut <laughs> off the other parts. Get well, to listen, that this might just, I think we could charge more for it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the little ergot between family? You ergot. know, just hey, that actually, you know what? We just might have stumbled upon the actual uh, uh, reason or cause of the, of the nineteen forty one Cape Girardeau UFO incident. They were all <laughs> batshit crazy on ergot. Yeah, just, you know, uh, the rye turned bad, and so did the aliens. That's the way it goes. Who did he supposedly tell, John, besides these kids, though? Why is Seabot allowed on the show? And uh, if there is time, John, let's get to talking some more. That's all coming up after the break on Hysteria 51. You know, the Seabot question is the best question to ask. I don't know the answer. Just as a warning, I consider this you fucking around. Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some weird online thing? I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor and we use it. Rosetta Stone, they're the most trusted language learning program and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. <laughs> I definitely use it. I, I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun stuff. of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. That's <laughs> what it, it's like. What are you trying to do? Do it right. <laughs> Uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm -hmm. it's amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages available for any trips. You need language in life. You need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary and they're from uh, somewhere else. Someone, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25, Rosetta's going to work for you. <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that. And there is a 50% offer, so it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, a today. I don't think we're going to find out. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're going to be okay. Though, <laughs> I have been in the hospital, so we'll see. <laughs> I mean, you know, proof's in the pudding, Brent. Yeah, well, six years, John. I just want to throw that little number out there. This is six years pre-Roswell. You're probably thinking, or maybe not, because you don't care. Why isn't this a much bigger story? Right. Instead of there being television shows called Roswell, why aren't there television shows called Cape Girardeau? You're absolutely right. So the reason, and then we kind of alluded to this earlier, the reason is it didn't really come out until 1991. Yeah. A lot of this is going to come from there was this UFO researcher named Leonard Stringfield. This is what they say about him. He was a former civilian consultant to UFO operations at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio in the 1950s. 
How do you verify that uh, as a consultant for UFO operations? Civilian consultant to UFO operations. So someone confirmed at some point that there was a division called UFO, UFO operations or <laughs> even just a task. Yeah, unified field operations operations. <laughs> like, I'll take it. Give me uh, re- sure resume builder right there. Anyway, <laughs> add it to my LinkedIn. He broke this story to the world, so to speak, when he wrote about it in the June 1991 issue of Status Report. Now, what is Status Report? Well, it was a monthly publication on UFO activities and investigations, duh. Yeah, now not to be confused with damage report, but status report. Very similar. Engineering status report. Yeah. He wrote about the information he got from one Miss Charlotte Mann, and she's kind of the big tie that binds the big important in this whole story, even more than Huffin, because she was a kid back in 1941, and one man of God just so happened to be her grandfather. That is Papa Huffman. Ah, good old Capes Red Star Baptist Church. I used to sing in the choir. No, that is actually the name of the church. That's the name of the church. Yeah, I, and, and here's why I'm saying no to that, other than the fact that you're not eternal. You can't sing at all. I've heard it. It's, it's, it's awful. I can do whatever the hell I want. Sing, dance, murder. I am a triple threat. That. I think I need to give up and just remember how stupid you both are. <laughs> so, yeah, Charlotte was one of the grandchildren of Reverend Huffman and she was the one who told the phone call that he received, the bodies, the warning, etc. So the way she got this is very interesting. She said her grandmother, that would be Floyd, told her in 1984 as she was laying dying of cancer. Ugh, terrible thing of Charlotte's homeboy undergoing radiation therapy. And it was one of those things where they knew the story existed. She said that she wanted to know it. And pried it out of her over a few days, and finally she just came out with it. This is where it uh, it it's interesting, or that there's a there's a little bit more digging or unpacking to do. So, what we understand is that the pastor 100% told his family. So he told his wife, told his kids. His kid is Charlotte's father. Uh, so the family writ large knows um, the, this story. But I, I guess when it comes to the grandkids. It hadn't been directly Mom's addressed. Mom's the word other than just, you know, some, some musings. Bits and pieces that you pick up here and there. Kind of like, you know, when you when you start to learn there's something else going on with your parents when you're young. You know, you kind of p- pick up bits and pieces. Turns out your dad's a superhero. You know, um, One typical family things. stuff. Yeah. That or just a man who likes to wear his underwear on the outside. One or the other. <laughs> One of the two. Uh, so, interestingly, though, she talks about how she kind of knew or, or, or heard about it. Here's a quote. Well, the first awareness that I had of it, quote, the dead bodies, is actually a picture, which is a big news, that my father had, and it was at a dinner party. And I had heard rumors and bits and for conversations, but it was a picture, an old picture, because it had, she says, because it had, it was like the old cold axe with little lines and scallops around it. There were two men holding up a non-human is the best way I can describe it. A little entity, a little person who appeared to be about four feet tall. They had him underneath the armpits with arms outstretched to either side of him. Spoiler alert on that, though. The picture was not in Charlotte's possession, and UFO researchers have been unable to locate it. I still have a few wallet sizes of it and one 8x10 if you are interested. Great, great. Let's see it. Uh, Actually, come on. Right now. You know, you put your money where your mouth is. Show us the picture. Sure, I'll text it to you. 
Why did you just text us Brett Favre's dick pic? Oops, sorry. New phone. The alien pic must be on my other phone. I'll have to get back to you. <laughs> uh, yep, that checks out. Of course he can't produce it. Anyway. Um, uh, Prove yeah, to me that Brett Favre's dick isn't an alien. Uh, and actually, I might have his back on this one, John. <laughs> I'm walking away from both of you. I'm walking away from both of you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so Brent, that's pretty much the meat of the story. What's interesting to me about it also is, you know, just had whispers, conversations. I saw this picture when my dad would bring it out at dinner parties. Wait, so you saw a picture of a couple people holding an alien and you're like, oh, yep. That's that crazy shit. Like, I think a lot of families have that, like, what is the story with blah, blah, blah. Oh, we don't talk about it. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. But once, once dad's had an extra brandy at the dinner party and brings out the picture, you would think that, uh, I mean, it, it's not a picture of like, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the brother you've never met. I mean, this is, this is an alien. Yeah. Now to add a little bit about Charlotte, she's been interviewed by a lot of people in the ufology and they all seem to think they've all said she comes off very genuine. And here's an important part to this story. Or not important. I mean, I guess you can go either way. She's never tried to sell the story or get financial gain from it. And and seriously, not making money. Not Bob Lazar, gee golly shocks, I, I, I don't make no money off this while cashing checks and giggling to himself. Like, no, she really hasn't done that. One of the researchers, the guy that really looked into this, is a guy named Ryan Wood. And after researching, he said, we can reasonably conclude that there was a crash event. The implications of this case, if fully proven are part of a larger picture. Namely, extraterrestrial visitors are real. Certain factions of the government have been hiding this fact since at least 1941. It's a hell of a statement. If it's, you know, you can take it at face value. Now, he went on to say, John, the final resolution to the case is still out there. It may come in the form of physical evidence, bits of wreckage, new witnesses, historical air photography, soil samples, or archival research. All these fronts are being actively worked and there is reason to predict success. He he started out with, we can reasonably conclude there was a crash event. Why? Why can we reasonably conclude that? In his research, looking into it, he was trying to figure out what had happened because there were so many people in the area. There are fire department records that go back pre-1941 from the area, and they have records from the date of the crash. It shows that- The alleged uh, date of the crash, right? Like- that's the connection he's on the, making. Yeah, that uh, the military came to the firemen and made them swear to you know members of the department to secrecy, and uh, they m- removed all evidence of the scene by military personnel that the firemen had collected, and they still had the information. Something had crashed, yeah, a plane crash or something. They had to sign a non-disclosure agreement, so to speak, and everything was taken from them. So no matter what. It does seem that something happened, and that is a big score as far as clues go, being that this could be actually real. So that's what he's hanging his hat on, I believe, in this whole thing. Yep, yep. And, I, you know, listen, I think you could poke holes in that, but I also I also don't think there's a, a need to, because there being an event doesn't imply aliens, right? So there could be an event, and it could not be aliens. It goes either way. Well, I, I think at least it's it's good that he's saying, you know, we need to look more into this. Oh, no, I agree with that. I'm just saying that, he is the one who's making the connection between this story and then public records of the firefighters, yeah. right? Like there, there's no implied connection. Other well, the whole than the story one that is making. that in that spring, there was a, a plane crash 
that wasn't a plane. And it just so happens that literally that spring there was a plane crash that they made them sign affidavits that said they would never speak of this, and they took all the the stuff. So now, that's did a the hell official of a report call it a plane crash? The report called it a yeah a crash of some sort is is the, the official the, yeah the firefighters report yeah, did that's, okay. as far as they know. So Charlotte's sister has confirmed that her story. Uh, she has confirmed that what Charlotte is saying is true in a notarized sworn affidavit. Now there's also. The living brother of the Cape Girardeau County Sheriff in 1941, his name was Clarence R. Shade. He said he remembers hearing the count of the crash, yet he doesn't have any details. He does recall hearing, oh, it was a spaceship, little people, it wasn't a plane. He went to some dinner parties, Well, that was the talk of the town. It's one of those things where (laughs) everyone's talking. You know how that fucking goes. That's that's what I'm saying. He went to the dinner parties. I mean, it's it's a tiny town, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But just like all the other people, the cows need tended to no time spacemen. <laughs> they keep going about their business. Always those types. You heard that a fucking alien crash outside there? Yeah. But I had to get to town. So I, <laughs> I mean, the grain wasn't going to load itself. Where are these details? Though? There's got to be more. You know, I think so. Let's go to break, John. Let's talk about these details a little bit uh, more in full. When we come back, do we believe it? Uh, why is Seabot still here? All oh, that's coming up after the break on Hysteria 51. Still a valid question. Yeah. Still I don't, one I don't know the answer to. At least there is those bits of a paper trail. I will say that. We are in luck to the fire department records, as I was talking to you before we went to break. That is a big score as far as clues go, at least for something happening. Now, stories get told and tales get taller and you know how those go. It's like a fish story. Right. So Charlotte's father, Guy Huffman, so this would be the reverend's son. The son. Also right. told the story of the crash and supposedly had in his possession that photograph we were talking about of the dead alien. And he showed the picture to a professional photographer guy that he knew, and this guy's name was Walter Wayne Fisk. He sounds like a Marvel Comics bad guy. I wouldn't trust him. Fisk is someone that they wanted to talk to, and he would not return calls or letters from Charlotte when she started reaching out to him on this, even though he had been friends with her father. Inner one Stanton Friedman, who we've talked about on here a lot. He tried to work with this because he was investigating, and Fisk refused to release the picture. He did at least talk to Stanton, and he made some claims. Fisk did. Fisk stated that he had a doctorate in, in psychology. Hey, tell me about the UFOs. Well, first, let me start with, I have a doctorate well, in psychology. Well, they always have to you know, set up your background. You're going to ask about but it. Sir, sir, I didn't ask about your, 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 your education. Anyway, as I was saying, I have a doctorate in psychology. You realize though, John, that if they didn't have his questions, you're like, you'd be going, why didn't they ask questions about his education? <laughs> I don't think I would. I, I, not as an, I know not as an would, eyewitness. Anyway, he, not as an eyewitness. So don't ask basic background questions of a witness who is thought to be withholding evidence. Solid plan. Friedman said he was unable to verify this claim at all, along with statements that he'd ever been an advisor to multiple presidents. That is something that (laughs) Fisk told him. More like maybe Fisk was just trying to talk to him. He's like, hey, so you saw an alien? I talked to presidents. You saw a picture? I have a doctorate. One other name that has been on, on our show a lot is 
Philip J. Class, uh, he's another guy who did research on this and poked a lot of holes. He didn't always do bad research. He just, if he was one of those people that if he couldn't not explain something, he went off the deep end of, of making shit up. Right. He did a good job of looking into some of the things that Ryan Wood, the investigator, might have done differently and things like that. And I'll have a couple PDFs of his research, too. Kind of poked holes in this. And why is it always that Charlotte's seen this photo? Everyone's seen this photo. When it comes time to find the photo, oh, it's disappeared. And this fist guy is crazy. Not crazy. Who knows? It, it, it falls down to recollection of a dying woman in third party tale. That's what this is. The kid, Charlotte, had heard this. She got it from her grandmother who wasn't there. Yeah, so uh, I guess first first off, in you know, as you follow the the chain of events, we have to believe Charlotte that her grandmother said this, and I, I obviously don't have any reason not and, to. Uh, but it they, seems like, like the people that have talked to her and, and do believe that she was told this. Now, this is a story that she's been told. But that, that's my point. Like it, it, you can, everyone can. Um, I mean, obviously, we're just trusting the. The, the sensibilities of the the researchers that have talked to her, but let's, let's trust them. Let's trust them. Let's say, you know, the, the biggest challenge with this, and I, it's the challenge with everything that's hearsay is it's a game of telephone, right? So we're talking about, we're talking about the original witness telling his family, then that being stretched by 50 years. And then that, that wife recollecting that to her grand grandchild. Uh, and then the grandchild, you know, retelling it to the rest of the world. So it, even if we, I, 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 no reason to believe that people are lying, um, but so everybody's telling the truth. You still, you still are dealing with a, um, a you, we don't know how high the fidelity is on the story at this point. It was either nailing or not though. Uh, you know, if the, in the story's true. So there's not, you know, there's either a crashed, if there was a crash plane or a crashed military, something private, something secret, top secret. And as we've seen them do, it wouldn't surprise me if the military crashed something, went, ah, shit, everyone's here, pulled out the alien dummies and went, ooh, it's aliens. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, they've done shit like that. And then the people that have done shit like that are going out on other podcasts now and being touted as, oh, this guy's great. No, he's a fucking lying piece of shit. <sighs> meanwhile, meanwhile, it was really just the early test runs on the um, uh, stealth bomber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some really early test runs. Uh, <laughs> though, hey, we say they're ahead. I mean, though the the SR seventy one nineteen fifty eight. You know, uh, this was not that far off from craziness. You know, as far as yeah. things that are flying. Yeah, man, it it's it's there's so many things there's there's no photos that we can see there's no living people that can say they were there anymore the paperwork from the fire department is awesome to have but it doesn't prove anything sadly and like you said it's just grasping at straws whether that was the right event or not though that's a hell of a coincidence if it wasn't if true keeping a secret for that long is hard when there's so many people but it doesn't sound like it was kept that well it just didn't spread outside of the town which isn't that hard to believe 1940s small town USA. We had the ability to go to, well, if, if we were traveling right now and we went to Cape, you might go to the local bar and be like, so everyone know about the, oh, oh shit, yeah. go get Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Let me weave you a yarn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Brent, where do you come out on it? What do you, uh, what do you think uh, is the truth? I here? have no reason to believe any of this shit I'm about to say, and this is what I believe. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Charlotte is probably telling the truth. Uh, she probably had heard this story her whole life and wanted to tell the story. There might have even been a photo. I, the Fisk part is crazy to me. I don't know. Do I think it was aliens? I believe that her dad probably thought it was. I don't know if that has right. anything to do with it or not, you know, and he probably told the story as he believed it to be true. So then that comes down to what did he really see? And I don't know. Could it have been a crash of aliens? I would love to say yes. Could it have been the military throwing a, a story on top of something? Yes, because they've done that before. Now, this would be an early, early, early case of it. And maybe they went to do it again in 1947. And then they go, shit, this is getting too big. Don't call it aliens this time. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why they changed their story. I don't know. This informed Roswell. Yeah. Yeah. And then fast forward a few decades and they're just like, I don't know. Brush that off. We'll call it aliens again. Give them a, give them a ride. <laughs> it, there's not enough evidence for me. And this was investigated by people that, that were big names, you know, Ryan Wood and Stanton Friedman. Philip J. Class, and there's not enough to know one way or another, but it's a fun story, and unfortunately, that's all it is right now, and it could absolutely just be a yarn, as you said, uh, and I don't think, unlike Mr. Wood thought, I don't think we'll ever know. Yeah, where I come out on it, so I'm going to start backwards. You know, one of the things that you said that I agree with, it's like, what the fuck do you do with this whole Walter Wayne Fisk thing? And I chalk that up to, I think all, all of these stories, whether they are made up or whether they really happen to, to whatever extent they really happen, you know, cover-ups or, or whatever. I think all of these stories are kind of like a nice piece of, a, a nice bite of a steak that you're about to eat and you drop on the ground. Mm. It's still a nice bite of steak, but it picked up some hair along the way. And I think a lot of these stories do that. There are extraneous details that make the entirety of the story sound false because they are so obviously false. But if you cut those details off because they aren't pertinent to the whole of the story, um, uh, it, 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 it can actually lend credence to the story. So for me, I just throw the Fisk thing away. Like Charlotte's not saying anything about Fisk. You know, she tried to reach him, wouldn't talk. You know, that's all she knows. It doesn't change the grandfather's tale, right? It doesn't change the fact that somebody saw a picture. Th those facts are immutable. According, well, at least according to the story, you, you put it really well, Brent. I have no facts to support this. However, here's what I believe. Uh, I do think there was a crash. I, I, uh, you know, there's just enough kind of like little, little pieces of info mm -hmm. here and there. And I 100% think that it was some sort of, you know, uh, top secret. I mean, we were getting ready to enter the war. Uh, we, we, we knew it was on the horizon. We were working on a lot of top secret stuff. Uh, it crashed outside of Cape Girardeau and the military, uh, whether they actually cooked up an alien story or perhaps they just covered it up and it turned into aliens via the game of telephone. I don't, I don't know which one of those it is, uh, whether it was purposely aliens or not. But regardless, it was uh, to me, I, I do think that there was a cover up and I do think that there was a crash. I just don't think it was aliens. Here is 10 cents worth of free advice. If you have pictures of an alien, then keep that shit. Or make copies and give the copies away, you jackasses. That is solid. That's the advice. probably the most useful advice that that robot has ever given. Yeah, I, I'm I'm 100 with him. It always blows my mind when someone's like, I had this picture of something, and I gave it to this guy, and now he won't return fucking phone calls, or he's deleted it. Well, why the fuck would you do that? You know? And you know, 
those well, and, and those stories must be getting uh, less frequent. But they always happened in the '60s when it wasn't easy to make, or '40s when it wasn't ma- easy to make a copy Honey, of a there's photo. There's a pale looker with bright red lipstick at the door who says he needs to have all of our photos. <laughs> I saw a goddamn coin disappear in his hand. I think I'm going to give them to him. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he wearing lipstick? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you're right, Brent. But but nowadays, obviously, you just snap a photo of the photo with your phone, mm-hmm. uh, upload it real quick. And, you know, I mean, it's it's in 30,000 places before, you know, you've you've gone from the kitchen to the front door to answer the door. I have a little bit of a story uh, that we went through. So we had I talked about this on the show before. We had a gentleman uh, reach out to us and he cleans out basements. He does stuff like that. He got in a box of um the slides old slides you know the one what's in the box yeah and he goes my god i have no way to look at them but you hold them up to the light i think there's fucking ufos on this shit can i send them to you and i said sure so i had them digitally done that you know i sent him you know you take them in they scan them they put them on a digital and sure enough it was what appeared to be (laughs) ufos now they weren't real, you know, but they were UFOs. And this is when Chris Cogswell was actually with MUFON. I'm like, can you help me figure out what's going on in these? So I sent him to MUFON and Chris, and they came back with, it looked like someone was working on faking photos. Like it was their, their workup. You know what I mean? Their test run. Yeah. Like working on it. And it's an interesting way looking back in the day on how they did this stuff. Take that part out before I sent it to Chris, before I sent it to that, I went online and I went on Reddit and I went on places and I said, listen, I have these slides that were given to me. I don't have any verification of, of their, their pedigree. I don't know where they came from, anything like that. Other than they were in a, he didn't even know which basement they came out of because they were in this giant pile of shit that he'd gotten that he'd never went through. You know what I mean? Mm. He cleans out and things that look like they might be worth. He'd set aside instead of junking and that's what they were in. So they could have been there for six months. They could have been there for a year. The consensus was give me the fucking photos. Let me see them. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that because I don't know what they are. And I'm not going to do that. Give me the photos. I'm not going to do that. I just, if you had these and I would already reached out to the university of Illinois, Chicago photography department and things like that. And I'm asking, do you guys have someone that I could, I could talk to give me the photos. I'm not going to give you the fucking photos. I'm not even going to show you the photos because I don't want that. Because let's say that they are fakes that were made by someone famous. I want to make sure that Rex, the guy who gave it to us, got the 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 credit, credit. for it because he's got it. I'm not going to give away something that's not mine. And that's all people would ask for was give me these photos. Give me these photos. Give me the fucking photos. I'm not going to help you then. Great, because I don't want your help. If that's your help is give it to me. I'm just asking for for, you know, free advice of where who should I talk to? You're not who I want to talk to. You're not a photography expert. You're not who I'm trying to go with. It's 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 frustrating when people are that way. And I think that the UFO community is inundated with with the me first type of people. I thought you were I thought you were going a different direction. I thought you were going to say that you that you posted the photos in in a bunch of places and they'd be released upon your death or something. I didn't want to put them online and then people release them as their own or, or sure, things like sure. that. Now, before you sent them off to uh, MUFON, I'm sure you already had copies of your own. Absolutely. 
and I have the hard copies. I still have them. As opposed to as opposed to so many in so many of these stories, they send the pictures off and they're like, we never got them back. Not only yeah. Did you make copies ahead of time. Not only do no. I have the, the originals, I also have the copies on disc and I have copies on our Dropbox, our shared folder of the the actual pictures themselves as well. Right. That, that's that's the point. Like that's just common sense. You did it. You you did the thing. And why in so many of these stories they don't do the thing, who knows? Uh, it's also a small fortune to have uh, old slides made uh, digital, so that's fun. Learn that along the way, too. Cheapest place to have it done? Costco. Didn't know that either. <laughs> Costco. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and now you kids know why we have a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly so. Give us money so we can make more slides. <laughs> You guys can come <laughs> over. We can look at slides from my last vacation, John's last vacation. It'll be fun. It'll be a blast. Now you know why we have a Patreon. No. Vacations. That's right. So anyway, no, John, no. that's our thoughts on Cape Girardeau. It's an interesting one. I'd love for it to be true. Something probably did crash. Was it aliens? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Little grays. Little grays. Either way, good wineries. They are in heaven right now because of their Christian burial. That's all that matters. That's your takeaway. And wineries. <laughs> so if you guys want to tell us what your thoughts are, if you've heard of these stories, if you have your own small town America alien story or deathbed confession story, whatever it is, where can they tell us? Hysteria Nation. It's where we collect all of our deathbed confession stories. <laughs> Just go to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. That is right. Also, Facebook.com slash Hysteria 51 pod. That is our regular Facebook page. That Patreon we are talking about is patreon.com slash hysteria 51. You can find Mad Blurry Hysterias up all nights, lots of bonus episode radio dramas, and you can't smell anyone on there. Not anymore. You guys ruined it. Nope. Never was a thing. It was, unfortunately, very much a thing. <laughs> Voicemail 773-669-7277. Again, 773-669-7277. If you find yourself forgetting these things, if you want to tell a friend, tell anyone, just go to hysteria51.com. It's the website to end all websites. Yeah, it, it, it is because of the code we've put into it. It's slowly working its way <laughs> So literally, the if you go there, yeah, and just wait. Just when it. you go to Google one day, it's just John and I. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really was the, the website to end all websites. <laughs> We're now controlling the horizontal. Yeah, we control the, the vertical, the vertical. too. <laughs> We're going to make catch potato out of you. Sorry. That's my weird owl for the show. Uh, yeah, John. So uh, favorite winery in Missouri or Southern Illinois? Oh, gosh. Good question. I'm going to go. Oh, I'm um, I'm going to I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with one that wasn't down there when we were down there. But Don't um, one of my best friends, Ashley, he still lives Are you gonna down say there. Blue and I go down sky. And visit him. And I'm going to talk about blue. Fuck, sky. That's mine. Yeah. That was mine. Son of a bitch. I wanted to say it before he said it so you couldn't call me a copycat. <laughs> God, you're such a copycat. It is a cringe. it is a great location, isn't it? It's so fun. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Blue Sky Vineyard. Yeah, yeah, that's that's mine too. Von Jacobs, uh, I like their wines. It's not the most fun place to go to, but there's so many of them. If you're in Illinois, you're in, in Missouri, go hit some. If you're in Trenton, New Jersey, go hit up a winery. If you're in Poughkeepsie, go. New York, well, you're at the center of the heart of everything, and you already know that. So, <laughs> with that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. I need. He's a been conspiracy, but stay woke, meat sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. 
That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint. <laughs>